The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the dominion of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for human beings. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As Jesus went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately, Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. What a journey. The disciples are in for quite a journey. Jesus calls them to follow him and to fish for people. And there's a sense of urgency in this journey. Everything happens quickly in the Gospel of Mark. He uses the word immediately 27 times in the whole book. But did you notice how the disciples drop everything to follow? And what do they leave behind? Well, they leave their fishing nets behind, and James and John leave their dad, Zebedee, right in the boat. The first long journey that I took was with my family on a vacation in our camper, traveling from Colorado to California to see Disneyland and Hollywood and other great things out west. Now, my parents told my brother and me that we could only bring one stuffed animal, one teddy bear along each. That was impossible to choose just one and leave the others behind. So my brother and I talked and we narrowed it down to three each. <laughs> and as the trip progressed, we would gleefully pop another animal over the seat to show my parents. I don't remember their reaction, but I do remember the story. The most recent journey, of course, was with Ernest to Africa. But on every trip that we take, since the very first one, whether we're going two hours in an airplane or across the ocean, there is a rule in our household that we take a carry-on size luggage only. Now that means to leave behind a lot of things that you might need. Better to have a wardrobe to choose from, right? So you have the right shirt for the color that you need or the mood that you have or the weather wrong. I admit that this works better in warm weather when we wear a lot of t-shirts and shorts like we did in Africa. And sometimes it comes down to this. If the shirt doesn't stink, you can still wear it. <laughs> Now, even with the ration of underwear, socks, and pants, Ernest still says that he took more clothes than he needed. And maybe that's true for most of us to some degree. 
The thing is, we gain a lot through travel, right? We gain a lot through our journeys, even our journeys through life, and we gain a lot through experience, an accumulation of memories that we can hold dear. But today's gospel has me thinking about the things we leave behind. Now this is counterintuitive, isn't it? We want our stock, stock portfolios to grow. We want our list of Facebook friends and likes on our posts to grow. We want our resumes to grow. And hey, don't we want the members of this church to increase as well? Think of it, more money and more friends and more clothes and more shoes and more stuff and more gadgets and more downloads and more apps and more options, right? The more options, the better. Until we are weary with all the things we're carrying with us on our journey, either literally or the emotional baggage. But regardless of how full our suitcases or how large they are, travel invites a kind of letting go, a suspending of the way we think about things or people or places. Now that can be true whether we're traveling to a new neighborhood in Chicago that we've never been, to an unfamiliar place in the USA, or to a country across the ocean. Chesterton puts it this way, the whole object of travel is to not set foot on a foreign land. It is at last to set foot on one's own country as a foreign land. So when we were in Africa, we asked people their impression of, well, politics in our country and tried to imagine their perception of what's going on. We can talk about that later. But even watching the CNN World Jam Channel or Al Jazeera made me curious to hear the news through a different perspective in the world. Or reflecting on apartheid and race in South Africa revealed both similarities and differences with struggles in our own country. But one thing I can say after traveling to Cuba, after traveling to Africa, and living with our reality here, there seems to be something in the human DNA that is prejudice against dark-skinned people. The fact that my Nigerian friend Scobie said he has never seen a black Jesus in his churches haunts me. So what about following Jesus on this journey. Perhaps we're called to leave behind the ways we think about things and people and, yes, God. If life is not static, our faith is not a once and for all thing either. Every day we're called to leave behind old perceptions, even of ourselves. Think of all the lies we tell ourselves, the defense mechanisms, how free to leave them behind, to let go, to travel lightly, to be open every day to the new breaking into our midst, new views of who we are and how vast 
and diverse the world. Not to mention the universe. Simply looking up at the skies in the very, very dark Namibian sky, in the southern hemisphere, with different constellations, liberating and mind-boggling. So I was in a lot of airports, making a lot of connecting flights. So in some airport somewhere, I saw this quote by Henry Miller, one's destination is never a place, but a new way of looking at things. And in today's political climate, we could all use a dose of the quote from Rose to Finn in The Last Jedi. That's how we're gonna win. Not by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. So we have the words of St. Paul today. At first glance, irrelevant, really. He seems to say that the world's going to end at any moment. So let those who have spouses live as if they have none. Let those who buy as though they had no possessions. But stand back. The world as we know it is always changing and passing away. And the journey toward transformation always involves leaving something behind in order to embrace the new, the present moment. That's why we're here today, isn't it? To learn again and again how to rest alone in God, how to wait in silence and hope, as the psalmist puts it. So as we remember all our own losses and all we are called to leave behind, sometimes it's the poets, more than the preachers, more than the pundits, that help us learn how to pay attention Mary Oliver being the favorite of many. Her poem, Backwater Woods, speaks of trees and cattails and nameless ponds, but it is the ending that I love, the ending that is oft quoted. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime comes back to this, the fires and the black river of loss, whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes, to let it go, to let it go.